Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bear Don Bears fans, we have another episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily here, where we're going to be breaking down Chicago Bears press conferences. We heard from Luke Getze, Coach Hightower talking about uh, uh, Coach Williams as well, Alan Williams, I'm sorry, and Coach Hightower talking about uh, what their plan is going into Week 5 versus the Minnesota Vikings. Also going to be breaking down kind of a little preview of what we want to see versus the Vikings. And what will lead to a hopeful Chicago Bears victory? And of course, my thoughts on where I think the week will go. We'll talk about all that and more on today's episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily. Let's go. Now, if you are new to the channel, please like the video. Please subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking bears our bears talk. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. Also want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by bird dog whiskey, where life is so short. Or, or, I'm sorry. Let me say it right. Brought to you by bird dog whiskey, where the motto is life is short. So add some flavor. Uh, let's jump into this, man, because we got a lot of things to get into here. Um, bears are going up against the minnesota vikings this week it's going to be an uphill battle they've got a lot of tough times heading their way right because you, we've talked about i talked about yesterday on on uh the podcast and on yesterday's episode just that the bears have a little bit of an uphill battle here and so they have to find a way to figure out what they can do one to slow down delvin cook which is almost an impossible uh task but also offensively how to keep growing off of what we saw last week um i, I mean at the end of the day right you guys come here to hear me talk a little bit but you really want to hear from guys like lugetsi who understand what's going on so why don't we give a listen in on what coach was talking about today where he was breaking down kind of the offense from last week and how that's going to affect going into this week. Uh, is there a uh, kind of a common theme to the issue issues you guys have encountered on third down? 
Is there a common theme? No. Uh, I thought we did a nice job in the first half. He handled the, uh, I mean, that was a, a team that typically pressures a ton. Um, and we handled their heavy pressures really well. Uh, the backs did a great job in the protection part of that. Not easy looks that we had to handle when they actually did bring it. It was actually probably the more simple things that they do that we had uh, the two issues. One, we got the ball out. The other time, we took a sack. So uh, those two plays, you know, we got we to gotta make sure that we're ready to handle because they were pretty simple pressures. And uh, obviously, we've been working on that this week. So we'll clean those two up. But the, as far as the common theme, no, I think the execution was decent. Uh, you know, we had a couple of chances to make a couple of plays. Uh, we didn't make them. Um, and then those two pressure, those ones, those ones stick out as far as, you know, what we need to improve upon. But uh, not a common theme by any means. You guys are at 34% on third down. What, what's your benchmark when you look at it and you say, you know what, we really want to be here? Well, 48%, I think I said this in here before, 48% is what typically is. It was like 11 of 12 years in a row, 48% was number one in the league. So that's our benchmark. We're trying to be the best in the league at it. As far as the passing game goes, what were one or two specific moments from Sunday that stood out to you as encouraging or, or impressive in your mind? I thought there was a lot of a lot of good moments. I thought uh, you know I thought we we did a really nice job on all those play passes, getting uh, getting them outside the pocket, getting those guys the ball in some space. Uh, we missed one throw there to Treston. Uh, the deep ball to Mooney was awesome. Uh, you know to get to get that going. Then you know was it the second play of the game. We had we we hit another one over the deep over the middle. So the play pass was. Was really good. Uh, you know, we got to win a couple more battles on third down. That's usually how that works, right? Usually, third down is when you get those isolation one-on-one ops more. Uh, you know, you have to protect a little bit more. Uh, so we got to win. We got to win a few more of those. But in the, in the passing game, I thought it was, you know, definitely a lot of a lot of things that were really good for them. What did you see as the issue in the red zone? Well, this week it was, you know, we've been pretty good so far until this game. This this is this week we. We stalled on first down both times, so then I put second and long, and then we only got four, three or four yards. One time we only got two. Um, you know, we got to take the completions when they're there. I think he passed up a couple, um, you know, cheap completions that get you into that second and threes, second and fours, which make the gold zone much, much more, um, you know, a lot more uh, easy to go score. You know, so we got to improve upon that. We got to go get those little cheap completions. And we just got to execute in the run game better, too. We had a couple opportunities there. Uh, one, I didn't give our guys the best opportunity, but there was two other ones that we really had it. We had it exactly the way we wanted it. We just didn't execute it to, to, the, to our capabilities that we have been in the past. The little cheap completions you're talking about, why is he not throwing those? Yeah, I mean, it's again, that's a part of it, right? You have he, he, the, the two of the instances that I can think of, he had somebody you know, sort of in his, in his vision and so he had to make a split decision, and both times, you know, one time he, he decided to stick his foot in the ground and try to beat the defensive end inside. And I think he I think he took a sack, right, a two yard sack. And Cole's on the on the, in the in the flat as your primary receiver. You just got to manipulate the defender and make that throw. Again, that is an experienced rep. That is not a that's not like an easy thing that you just go out there and you know how to do that. And so he's experienced it, and he's gotten so much better at those as we've gone along. So we, that's one that I know that that he wish he wishes he had back. Do you, that, do you get a sense that the offense is about to break out, so to speak, or do you think it's just slow steady? Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, as far as like that word breakout, I don't really think in that terms. Um, 
you know, I thought this week we took a little bit of a step back in the way that we fired off the rock and the way that we played. They were a challenge. A big, they had a big front. Um, and it was, you know, the way that we, we got off the rock in the backfield, the way that we were at tight end in the, in the O-line, it was all phases. It wasn't just one phase. It really wasn't. I think that's what makes us unique. Um, and we got to make sure that we get back to playing that play style, uh, which will let all those other kind of opportunities and, you know, whether you want to say break out or just, you know, we're moving in a positive direction. We got to get back to that, that type of play style. Were things schemed differently for Darnell this past game as to why he was able to finally get going with Justin? Uh, no, no. Every game we go in and we have things that we, we plan on finding ways to get him the, the football. Um, you know, these opportunities just presented themselves and, we took advantage of them, and I don't think we may, maybe necessarily did that, and or nor did we have the opportunity. It wasn't as clean, maybe, in the in the in the first couple games. So, uh, you know, the the times that we've had him screaming open like we did at the second play, you know, we weren't able to get the ball to him a couple times so far previous. And so the, the line it was an unbelievable protection, unbelievable job on that play. Uh, Justin had all day to be able to throw that one. How tough is it to make an adjustment in game, like with when Cody gets hurt, you have to put Lucas Patrick in at left guard. How much more will he benefit play practicing that, that spot a whole week? Yeah, I mean, that's you're lucky you have a guy that has that kind of um, experience. I mean, he's been thrown in those situations before, but it's still not an easy task. I mean, he, I think he's taken zero snaps as left guard since he's been here. And he to him to go out there and, and be able to, to, to finish that game the way he did, I mean, we're lucky. We're lucky we, we're lucky we have Lucas. Remain at left guard. Will he move to center? Are you looking at that? Yeah, we're we're in the middle of figuring all that out. Yesterday, he did a little bit of everything, so we're gonna try to put what we feel in the end. By the end of the week, we'll evaluate it again today, and and then make that decision. You guys are two and two, but Justin personally has had a rough month. Do you worry about what this does to his confidence, to his the way he carries himself, anything like that? Well, I don't. I don't think he's had a rough month. I think he's. I think he's gotten better each week. Um, think he's growing tremendously and uh, you know it's not easy we're playing good football teams and uh, it's not easy to become you know the level of quarterback that he wants to become and I know that he can uh, he can become and and so we're and the important thing is that we stay focused we stay uh, we keep our eyes on that progress or on that process and we make sure we get better each and every week and and I, be, and I believe that we we're, we're in the in that phase can you talk about experience can you, can, you by, can you tell by the questions we ask that there's a disparity between how we see fields and how you do <laughs> I really don't uh, say it. You know, say it. I, I know what I know, say and it. I believe what I believe, and what he we do in this care. building is like what we pay attention to. Can and, care uh, less. You know, the questions that you ask—that's your your right to ask whatever you want. And as long as we stay focused on what we know and what we believe on, we know that in the end we're going to get where we want to get to. So. He should have less than fifty percent because he should have thrown about six or eight of them away. Instead of taking some sacks, so he actually should have less than that, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I guess my point is like, what what would you consider struggling then? Because to us, it looks like he still has like pads, and he looks like he has had a rough month. No, the 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 where he the areas of improvement are right when you know he needs to hit Treston on that flat route. Um, we need to hit Cole a couple weeks back when he has him open in the seam. Um, you know, when the pr- protection breaks down, right? Which he's had to face a lot of that. Um, this game, he handled it better than any other game. And so uh, we just got to keep improving upon that. And so he's, he's doing that. And, he, and, it, and it takes a lot, man. I mean, the, the, the toughness that that kid has to be able to handle and deal with what he's dealing with, I mean, it's, it's impressive that a, a young man with that uh, can, can, 
be that strong and that tough. I mean, to take hits that he that he takes week in and week out and to stand back up there, that speaks volumes of that young man. When you talk about experience, like specifically with the play that I, I know Matt Eberflus went over it, Justin did too, the four verticals play. He said that there's the rule, the rule for him when he sees that cover two is either check down to the running back or tuck and run. But obviously, however Mooney ran, if it was a play that he was thinking differently from last year, he was open. Is the experience factor that in that split seconds, a more experienced quarterback sees that sees him streaking towards the end zone. That's a good question. That's a really good question. Supposed to follow mm. and hit that guy open. Is that something that you can get Justin to be proficient at? Yeah, I think it's hard. It's hard. It's harder than that. I think when your eyes are in a certain place and somebody doesn't get to the, get to that area, it makes you. Uh, when, when we talk about your, your your time clock starts right. So if you're taking a five and a hitch. And your primary receiver isn't in that area you're supposed to be, even though he's like open, where he was running kind of left hash. He should have been right hash, uh, and he would have been open. I believe he would have thrown the ball to him because the, you know, what looked like a two high shell to him really was turning into a one high. And then Mooney would have been on that right hash, and he should have been on the right hash, and he would have thrown it. However, he listened to his feet, and we talked about all week when they play soft zone in the in the uh, red zone, they are super soft. Those linebackers are super deep. And if you can take your first hitch and you don't have your primary and you hit it, you're going to have a huge gain. If he would have stayed on the right hash, or if, if, if Justin wouldn't have cut the ball back, I don't know why he did, he might have been down inside the five-yard line too. So, um, you know, we, that was something that we did talk about all week where you had that opportunity, and that was a specific area of the field. So for him to be able to, you know, in the heat of the battle, he can't, he, you know, he checked the play to that play, so he saw the defense. And he had the reaction that we prepared for. You know, just got to finish the run a little bit better. So, so Luke, in the context of the, of the process, is it just a matter of time? In your viewpoint, is it just a matter of time before Fields makes it, or and, you know, he just needs experience, just needs to learn, or is are you still evaluating? Is that still evaluating? Are you still evaluating? Will he be the guy you think he is? We have a lot more than just evaluating Justin Fields going on right now. And I think that's easy for, you know, that's what everybody wants to evaluate the quarterback all the time, right? And I get it. It's all good. So this is a process for for all 11. And so there's so many factors going into what's going on around Justin to just sit here and say, oh, we're only focused on is this guy going to be the guy or not? That's literally not even on my mind, or I, I don't think it's on anybody's mind in this building. We're just in this process of getting better, right? How can we get each guy in this building to get better each and every week? And as long as we continue to get better, then we're going in the right direction, and, and, and we believe that. You've had success uh, with the first drive of the game. How do you balance the disparity between what you're able to do uh, quick and then uh, the fact that do they adjust to you? In your analysis, what have you yeah, that's, I mean, that's this league, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many games that I've watched this year that it's like seven to three after the first two drives and then no one scores until the fourth quarter. I mean, it's like these guys are really, really good, right? And they make it really hard. And, and a lot of defenses that you play now, you know, and this is one of them, they create that shell defense, right? You're going to see these DBs like 20 yards deep and not letting you get behind them. Um, that's, their, that's the style of defense. There's a lot of bend, don't break defenses going on. And then, and then like you guys pointed out, we got to be more effective in the red zone so that instead of four field goals, we're getting, coming out with three touchdowns and one field goal. And then now we're all talking in a positive light about what's going on. You know? So that's where we got to get better situationally. In terms of the chess match, though, are you comfortable in what you've been able to do? Yeah, I think the communication has been awesome on the sideline. Um, 
you know, minus, like I said, that one protection issue that we had on third down, you know, we got to nip that in the bud faster than, than that happened. Other than that, I think our communication has been great. The players have been great in the communication, the coaches, the suggestions, the way we're talking about the plan that we have going into each drive has been really good. All right, that was Luke Getze uh, dropping some gems there. Interesting takes on some of what he's been seeing, right? Interesting takes on some of uh, where this where this Bears team is probably realistically and just how he feels. The one thing that he did say there that I liked, I'm not going to lie to you, right? Like, I could be the guy that is that comes in here and is just like, hey, bro, um, you are Luke Nagy. Um, you're, you're running the exact same issues that, that Nagy uh, did. We're having the same things pop up that Nagy went through, right? The one thing that I do like that he says is, it's not just about the development of Justin Fields. And I think that's where some Bears fans go blind on it, right? It's just, we need the quarterback. We need the quarterback. We need the quarterback. We need the quarterback because we've never had one. And so we're so thirsty for it. But the thing that it comes down to is you can't be so thirsty for something that you forget about how developing the rest of the team is. There are some teams that have the quarterback and guess what? They don't go far. Why? Because the quarterback has nothing around him to work with. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that... Getsy is working through a process, and I don't know if he's the end-all, be-all answer, right? He's a rookie play caller. I think he's called some plays that Justin has missed. I think he's called some plays that have put Justin in a bad position. I think he's called some plays that uh, um, I would like to see both sides improve on. I think he's called some plays that help Justin with protection. I think he's called games more times than not that puts you in a position, right, where you're running the football and you can feel good about um, how well your team is running the football. And I think that he is calling this a lot of games to the strengths of the Chicago Bears. But at the end of the day, right, it comes down to um, winning the games and developing the players. Can we say that Justin Fields has developed this season? Maybe if you look at last week and you feel better about it, by the way, hit that like button. If you guys haven't done so, we got like 30 something in here, man. Um, 14 likes on the video. Let's get 30 likes on the video. Let's get this mug cracking, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm out here giving this fire content. Come on now. Let's get this mug cracking. Um, Shout out to everybody in here, man. You see Don Burr coming in with the real account. Shout out Don Burr in here. Torian in here. Give some shout outs real quick. Steve-O in the chat. Steve-O's had a heck of an offseason. He's been hilarious all offseason. Lamont Ligon in the chat. What's going on, my guy? Pop in the chat. What's happening? Uh, Mr. Quint. Quint in the chat. 27. Shout out to you, bro. Shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Let me get them Bear Downs in the chat as well. Here's the thing for me with Getsy, right? I'm not going to say that everything is on Getsy. I'm not going to say that everything is on Justin. I think there's been a combination of bad between the both of them, and I think when they both played well and when they both called the game well, that there's been a combination of good between both of them, right? Like, I think that's what it kind of comes down to. But at the end of the day, it's about calling a game that's going to put you in a in a position to win the game. And I don't think we did that last week. I think the Bears said there's, there's certain weeks where we're not going to do that. There's certain weeks where we're going to take more of a chance on, okay, let's see how Justin Fields can throw against what we think is more of a subpar defense, right? Against what we think is more of a, uh, a defense that you can attack through the air versus... I'm just going to run the ball to death and kill you with the run because that's what my team is best at or kill you with the fake because that's what my team is best at, right? I think you'll see more of a run this week because, again, Vikings are a team that gives up a lot of rushing yards. I think they're going to be playing up as well, so you might see a little bit of underneath passing. I don't think we'll see a ton of deep shots because they play a pretty uh, – they basically play a shell um, defense. They, they're, they're playing bend but don't break defense, but – 
to me right like i think the at the end of the day you have to figure out how you're going to put your team in a position to win every week along with getting some development out of there and that's what that's the part the hard part for chicago fans right like it's not just about developing justin fields it's about developing quite a few positions on this team listen whether you like it or not darnell mooney's our number one right now maybe you can go out and get you another number one but there's got to be some development of darnell mooney for him to turn into a better number one right he's got to get open um you've got Nikhil harry hopefully coming back there's got to be development there. You're developing Braxton Jones. You're developing uh, uh, um, Dominique Robinson on the other side. You're developing Kyler Gordon. You're developing, right? So there's a lot of development that has to go into this team, becoming a good team. It's not just one guy, right? The Kansas City Chiefs didn't become a good team just because Pat Mahomes developed, right? Tyreek Hill developed. Travis Kelsey developed. Uh, 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 they had some nice interior offensive linemen in the beginning of that thing, right? Like there's a lot of development that has to go into turning into a much better football team. You can't tell me the football team that just went out and didn't develop guys that, that just went out and okay, we're going to buy at every position. Yeah. You buy at the positions that you don't need to, right? Like you buy at the positions that maybe you don't need to go buy a wide receiver, or maybe you don't, you don't want to draft a wide receiver. You want to go buy a wide receiver instead. Like I think, I think those are the situations where you see that more so than not. Right. Or you make a big trade for a quarterback. Like we saw from the Rams last year, but guess what? There was a ton of development all around that team that, yeah, I can just plop a quarterback in here and he's going to be pretty good. So the thing for long-term success with the Chicago Bears is going to be developing not just Justin Fields, who, yes, I agree, high draft pick, you have to develop him. You have to develop him, right? But at the end of the day, if Justin Fields isn't the answer and you develop nothing else, what do you do? That's a reality in football that you have to believe. There's more quarterbacks that bust out than there are that are going to be successful. I don't think that of Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is a good quarterback. I think he's going to be successful. But at the end of the day, you have to maintain the mindset of, hey, we got to figure this thing out among everybody. It can't just be about Justin Fields. Guess what? You're probably not bringing Dar uh, uh, David Montgomery back next year because I think this this franchise kind of uh, uh, um, sides with the thinking process that I have and most franchises have now. You do not pay running backs. So that means you have to develop Khalil Herbert into a better back than he's been so that he can become a number one. Or you got to develop Tristan Ebner into a better back than he's been so that he can become your number one, right? There's a lot of things you have to look at outside of just the quarterback position. And sometimes with the Chicago Bears, we don't focus on that. All my life, all I've heard about is the quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback. Well, you know what? We've had quarterbacks here that actually had some talent and we didn't protect them. You know why? You didn't develop a line. Right. So I think to me, right, you have to take that into account as well. You can't just go out there and say it has to be all about Justin Fields. Now, does Justin Fields need to develop? Yeah. Do you need to call a scheme that's going to help Justin Fields to develop? Yes. But I'm glad that this coaching staff is coming in, not with the mindset of we're going to figure out the quarterback. Remember, that was Nagy's mindset. I'm going to figure out Mitch. He didn't. And you know what else he didn't figure out? That to help figure out Mitch, you put people in front of Mitch that keep Mitch off his butt. That's the, uh, that, that's the mindset you have to come in to developing your football team with. And if you don't, you're just going to set yourself up for more failure. Let's go back out, man. We got Alan Williams at the podium as well. He talked today uh, about what this defense is. And I mean, listen, this defense has been getting murdered on the run.
murdered on the run. So let, let's see kind of what Allen Williams is talking about uh, uh, with his defense that we've been seeing lately. If it was just one guy, not really, uh, but we still have to, we have to worry about two. Um, and not to diminish the, the other guys on the team, but uh, those two are dynamic players. I think the, the running back is dynamic and uh, Jefferson is dynamic. So you have, um, you have both. And so that's really what creates the, the problem. You, uh, they can beat you in, in two ways. They can beat you on the ground. They can beat you up in the, in the air. So you have to pick and choose how you call it, what you do, and uh, where you put guys and, and what you focus on. And, and this week, we're, the focus is on, on both, not just, not just one. So you know, I see you, you know, shake your head there. And I'm shaking my head, too. So uh, we, we have, we're going to have our plate full. Is that difficult to say, hey, guys, we've we got to worry about this element of the passing game when the run defense has, has been so consistently problematic? You noticed that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, we uh, again, it's it's a, it's a full plate. You, um, but the number one thing um, I would say any defense is you you can't let people run the ball down your throat. You just you can't. That is uh, that's one of the things you have to stop. Just this week, we we have to stop both. So we have to find ways to to make sure we slow down and, and stop the run game and and make sure that. Um, uh, that 18 doesn't get up over the defense or up across the field, and uh, so you have to find ways to, to take care of both. And you know what, good defenses uh, they do that, and so that's the that's the unique challenge this week of you know a two-headed monster uh, stopping both guys. Have there been unique issues in your run defensive breakdowns, if you will, mm -hmm. or has it been kind of a new issue week to week? Well, the, the, the main issue is really just execution. Um, and it's, it's one thing here, one thing here. It could be a tackle. It could be poor eyes. It could be slow fit. So there, there are a variety of things. And when you, when you start with, uh, and I'd say a new defense, new guys, um, you know, you chip away and you try, to, you try to work on consistency and execution and not doing too much. That's the, um, I would say with our guys, it's a, um, the problematic thing is everyone wants to to make every play. Everyone wants to um, to to help out, and and sometimes that can lead to, hey, I'm not in my gap because I'm going to help a guy over here, and so um, and that may lead to if I'm helping a guy over here, I may be out of my gap, and so that can lead to some some big plays or or, or plays that should be a tackle for a loss, and you have or should be a one yard gain. It turns out to be a five yard gain. And so what we need to do is make sure that consistently guys doing their job, consistently executing, consistently putting your eyes where they need to be. And uh, when you make decisions to, to do those things, you, you'll see that the, the defense gets a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better each week. How do you lose that discipline when it's been instilled in them you know, all off season? Recidivism. And that means you know, going back to uh, you know, old habits. Boy, what and word he we, just tried to say? We all do that. We all um, get into a ball game and think, okay, 
this week I can, I can, you know, maybe not look at what I'm supposed to look at, relax. And um, we, you know, the coaching part of it is we have to find ways to say, hey, um, discipline, uh, I discipline, uh, discipline gap. We talk about mental stability. We talk about mental stamina, choosing to, uh, to be disciplined about what you're doing, and it, it takes time. It, how fixable is that in the short term? Because it sounds like a long-term. <laughs> no, well, you know what? It's it, it it's always a long-term issue. That's that's the uh, the tough thing about having a good defense and a good consistent defense. And uh, for the long haul, uh, good defenses do that over the long haul. And uh, and we're working on that uh, week to week, making sure that uh, you don't play one good week and then relax. Hey, and coach, think, I ain't buying hey, it. I got it. And then relax and not do it the next week. Good defenses, good teams, good coached defenses, they do that consistently. And that's, you know, that's our challenge to do that every week. Well, you talked about, about discipline and eye discipline and discipline. Would you say that was specifically the issue with some of those bootlegs on Sunday against the Giants? And what needs to be corrected in the future to not let plays like that happen? Yeah. Um, eye discipline, not wanting to do too much, not peaking. And saying, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tackle this run here," um, uh, trusting that, "Hey, the ball went in this gap that my teammate, that's his play. I'll make that." Along with, you know, we would say, uh, taking care of your gap to the football, making sure your house, your front door, that uh, I'm taking care of my front door, and then, hey, I'll go help my neighbor when I know that no one's coming through my door. So, those are all things that um, uh, that we're working on. What do you tell your young DBs as they get ready to take on a receiver like Justin Jefferson? Are you coaching them? Hey, coach, recidivism, I know. Recidivism, I don't know what that word is. So that they're not overthinking it as they get ready for this. The number one thing would be, in a nutshell, would be make sure your technique can stand the test of time. So that would say that, hey, whatever your technique is, whether it's a dynamic guy, whether it's a fast guy, not so fast guy, tall guy, small guy, whatever that is, you want to make sure your technique, whatever it is, can stand the test of time so that you're not so focused on, hey, what they do. We do we do look at that. We do look at where their catches come from, where they're lined up, uh, how they run their routes, when they're getting their targets. But still, for hey, Lonnie, young this guys, Chicago pod. You know we is, frying hey, out here. Your technique will get you to where you're supposed to be. Your eyes will take you to where you need to be. You don't need to do anything different than what you're doing. And, um, yeah, your, your technique, that's the number one thing. You talked about the weapons that they have at receiver and at running back. What about Cousins? How does Cousins kind of orchestrate all of that? Well, yeah, no, well, um, he does a great job of getting them in the right play. He does a great job of, uh, you'll see, super accurate on the outside. Um, he does a great job of moving in the pocket, um, getting rid of the football when, when needed. So those are all things he's, um, you know, they've he's taken some hits about accuracy and being streaky, but uh, I think he's done a good job this year of of um, getting the ball to different people when when needed on time. Um, uh, he, he's done a great job. You haven't faced a lot of veteran quarterbacks this year, mm-hmm. sort of Rodgers. When somebody's got that many miles on them, what can they? What do you have to be aware of that they can do? experiences to kind of help teach them over the years? Yeah. Um, 
our thing is, and I'll keep hammering this, being disciplined about where our eyes are, being disciplined about what you're supposed to do. I would say that uh, some people say, hey, you're going to get trick plays, you're going to get boots, you're going to get some play action. Um, uh, trick plays or play action plays are for guys that don't read their keys. So if you're reading your keys and you trust in your keys and what the coaches are telling you, they'll take you to where the ball is. And then the one offers, um, those are things that um, we say make them play left-handed. Um, make them make a left-handed shot and, um, and take away their what they do best and then make them beat you left-handed. And so if we do that, um, I think you'll see good results. In that year, staff schemed up against him in 2020, like when he had the three interceptions. I mean, it looked like he had never seen a cover two look in his life that game. Why do you think that you guys were so successful in against yeah. him? I mean, it was his lowest passer rating, I think, ever. Um, just not a great day for yeah. him. Yeah, I don't know if that's the case that he hadn't seen the cover two. Um, <laughs> um, you know what? It um, the same nah, thing. Double down um, on that coach. It was I like coverage that. and rush, rushing coverage. <laughs> um, um, that game, that guys were in the right place. They were where they're supposed to be. And uh, when you have a quarterback that's under duress, we hit him. Uh, we hit them often. Uh, we put them down on the ground. And so when you do that, uh, some quarterbacks, um, you know, I don't know any quarterbacks that like to be hit. Uh, so when you, when you hit them, sometimes they'll do some things out of character. And so um, he got rid of the ball way before he wanted to, needed to, and guys were in the right spot to, um, to catch the ball. We, we dropped a few that ball game, um, and we caught a few. So, um, you know, Coach Flus would always say that, um, you know, turning the football over will turn a C-plus grade into an A. And, you know, that's what we did that, uh, that ball game. We, we hit them, we turned it over, and, and we stopped the run. Even though the personnel is different now from mm -hmm. where you had with that group, are there things that you can pull from that game that you try to put into your game prep now, or is it different? Yeah, different. Uh, some of the same personnel, but, but yeah, really different. Uh, different scheme, um, different run game. Um, so I wouldn't put too much stock into into that one. We, I'm sure they looked at it and that type of thing, but uh, things are they're different. Question about Eddie, Eddie Jackson. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> 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 Eddie Jackson <laughs> yeah. Um, I give guys credit. I would give credit to Eddie um, in the way he's worked. Uh, the way he's brought in. Some guys, you come in and you say, hey, do this, this, and this, and they'll go, hey, I'm a Pro Bowl player. No, I'm going to always do what I always did. And he came in, when we came in, he said, hey, coach, tell me what do I need to do, what I need to do, tell me how I need to do it, coach me, uh, help me to get better, and he's responded. And then I would say uh, Coach Curtis has done a phenomenal job of spending time with him, um, phenomenal job of saying, hey, this is how we're going to get you better. This is what you need to do. And, and then I would give credit to Coach Flus that uh, every now and then he'll pull Eddie aside and say, hey, this is what I see. Um, this is what you need to do. And um, again, circling back to Eddie, he goes, OK, yes. And in practice, you see it. And then the result of that is you see a good product on the field. Eddie's always been, always been talented. Um, now he's, the opportunities are coming, and he's making the best of them. So, just to throw you in the time machine, what do you remember about Harrison Smith as a young player when you were with him? <laughs> Talented. Um, like, there's a certain amount of players that come in 
and you know they're going to be good right away. They're um, more mature than than what their years say, and so um, he came in great ball skills, mature, um, fast processor, which is a good thing. Um, tough, um, can't say too many th- good things about him. Um, just um, one of those guys that um, you know, um, yeah, that. Good player, good player, good person, you know, A-plus and all of the above. You mentioned how their run game's a little different this year. Is it just that they're not as much of a run-first team, or are they running the ball differently? No, different scheme, different types of runs. Um, um, and I, w- I would think that um, they would look at us and go, you know what, uh, where they are in the, uh, in the stats, that they're going to um, come in and say, or say, hey, they're coming in our house and we're going to run the ball down their throat and then play action pass and get over their head. That's what, um, that's what the stats say to do. Uh, so we'll see if the, if the stats lie or, or not. That's on her. When you have a player, a defender, particularly in the secondary that appears to be struggling, are there things as a collective you can do to help that player, or is it just an individual improvement that needs to take place, especially if they are playing in a, in a hot spot? Yes. Uh, yes, in that there are things that we can do uh, to, to help players out uh, and um, with technique, with scheme. Um, and then you know that if it's, you said young players, uh, young players sometimes they, they go through their, their lumps. He just mentioned Harrison Smith, went through some lumps early on and then uh, improving uh, week to week. And sometimes you would say that, um, hey, it appears. Uh, sometimes um, it appears that guys are struggling more than they are, and it may be, hey, may have need, uh, should have had some help here, uh, maybe not. So sometimes that uh, what appears to the naked eye may not actually be true, and so um, I don't, um, uh, we don't panic, uh, our players don't panic, they're mentally stable, and so um, the guy, young guys, they'll be fine. Good afternoon. How are you guys doing? That was Coach Williams breaking down kind of what the defense needs to do there. Um, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, this defense has been gashed by the run, right? That's what it comes down to. You, we need to see more out of them. Um, we need to see more from this. <laughs> Ryan polls in the chat. Ryan said he he's really thinking about trading Roquan for a third round pick. Hey, Ryan, it's on you, baby. It's your legacy. Just know if you fail with the Bears, you usually don't get a job again. Uh <laughs> Here's here's the thing, right? I'm looking at this Bears defense in one way, and Coach Williams kind of alluded to it, right? They've got to do the basics well. I've watched this defense week in, week out, be in the right position to make a play and miss. I've watched them get into the backfield and miss. I've watched them. Now, I will say, on the edges, it seems like th- is where the Bears have their biggest struggles, right? It seems like that's where the Bears really struggle to contain, and that's why a lot of these running backs have been able to put up big yards against them. The thing that I'm looking at with uh, um, the the Bears coming into week five is, okay, can we bait Kirk, Kirk Cousins? Because here's the one thing that the Bears have actually done a decent job at, right? The Bears are forcing turnovers, 
The Bears are back to forcing turnovers. The Bears are getting takeaways here. Now, is the offense doing something with those takeaways? No. And I think that that's kind of the part where it's like it doesn't feel like the Bears are getting nearly as many takeaways as they really are. But the Bears have had multiple multi-takeaway games this season already. We're four weeks in. So now I'm looking at that as, okay, we're getting the takeaways. We're, we're, we're applying some of what we're learning, but it's very boomer bust on the defensive side, right? It's either we get the big pickoff or we get gashed for 180 yards on the run game, right? Like, so I, I just really want to see this team, like, like Coach Williams said, right? Getting back to like the basics, getting to the discipline part of it, getting to the, hey, listen, just wrap the guy up and tackle him. I'm fine with you going for the ball. I'm fine with you trying to I love the turnovers. And here's the thing, right? It's like, I, I love the way he put this. It can turn a C plus effort into an A plus effort. Here's the thing that comes down to that, right? If you strip that ball out and you don't make a great tackle, but you strip that ball out, guess what? That's an A plus effort. If you go to strip that ball out and you lose the tackle at that point, that's now a C effort. And so you really, really, really got to figure out kind of just where this Bears team is is going to be best suited to attack the football. And and just, I mean, there's so much that this team, right, that I that I look at defensively, and I'm like, I feel like they can be doing more. I feel like they're, again, right, You hopefully Jalen Johnson's going to be back. I think last week you really were in an uphill battle, even though he didn't play nearly as bad as we thought he would, but you really are kind of in an uphill battle when it comes to um, not having Jalen Johnson out there and Kyler Gordon being out there by himself excuse me I thought Jaquan Brisker did a decent job he had a he had an up and down game to me um but the Bears as a whole played pretty poorly last week but you just look at the season right and you look at this defense and I've seen so many times week in and week out where hey He's in a good position. He should make that play. He should have the running back smack dead to rights five years behind the line, five years, five yards behind the line, and he misses. Right? So you got to get back to the basics and do the basics well again. I'm fine with you going for the strips. I'm fine with you gambling for, for interceptions because you're coming away with them. But when you miss, the misses are so big that it's hard for you to come back from him, right? You miss Saquon Barkley on one tackle. He breaks it for 17 yards. That's a big miss. That's a miss that it's hard to come back from. I look at this defense, man, especially coming into this week versus the Vikings. And, and the one thing that I just want to see, uh, again, going for the turnovers, you know Kirk Cousins is, is willing to throw you the football. You can bait him into some bad passes. You can bait him into some bad plays. You still, you do have to get into the backfield. I'm looking at you, Robert Quinn. Haven't seen you nearly as much in that backfield finishing guys off, right? But when I'm looking at where this defense is is, is going to be killed, and, and we can say it no matter what, right, it's the run game. It's the run game. Delvin Cook is going to be a problem. Because this team hasn't shown that it can slow down the run. And guess what? Delvin Cook's number one nemesis and Akeem Hicks ain't here no more. So now Kirk Cousins is twice as dangerous because you saw how the Bears are struggling against the pass, the play action pass last week, right? And it wasn't even the pass. It was literally just play action. I'm going to just take off with the football. You saw they were struggling with that last week, right? This week versus Kirk Cousins, Kirk can actually deliver the football downfield. And the one thing that you have to watch for is 
they've been very much more of a pass first team so kirk's gonna give you that opportunity to take it away first down more times than not they're not going to delvin cook first down more times than not this season they're dropping back maybe a little bit of play action but they're allowing kirk cousins to throw it out there they're allowing him to try and get the ball to uh justin jefferson guess what Jalen Johnson, it's your time to shine. Eddie Jackson be breaking on the football a little bit harder maybe this week because there's going to be opportunity for you to get to Kirk Cousins. But once that first down is over, they have no problem tucking it down. Hey, hand it off. Here we go. We're going to run this ball two times. We're going to run this ball three times. We're gonna keep the, we're gonna keep using the run game to get us down the field. And the Bears are the Bears are are going to. I don't see a way where they get better on the run defense from one week to another. And I think you had two back-to-back weeks of really, really tough running backs, right? I need to see Justin Jones step up. I need to see Robert Quinn stepping up in the run game, right? Because here's the one thing about Kirk Cousins that we do know. If you if you take his run game away and make him become the quarterback, he's beatable. The Vikings are beatable. Even with Justin Jefferson, even with, with everything, if you take away his running back, the Vikings are beatable. Now, the problem is his running back's pretty good. And if you miss, he will make you pay for missing. And that's what we've seen in four weeks from the Chicago Bears. They, they have made you pay for missing. I, the Bears' best game run defense-wise was against the Houston Texans, and they gave up, what, 92 yards? Outside of that, we're talking about 130s, 150s, 180s. What they give up last week? 204 yards? Something like that? Now, on the flip side of that, you can kind of do the same thing. And I think here's the question that I'll ask to the chat. Shout out to everybody in here, man. Drop a bear dine if you haven't dropped a bear dine in the chat yet. You're just sitting in here watching. Uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. As always, man, hit that like button, subscribe to the page. And if you're listening on the podcast side, leave a five star review. Here's the here's the question that I'll ask to the chat. Here's the qu- 262. Good Lord. Here's the question. That's how many run yards they gave up last week. <laughs> here's the question that I'll that I'll uh, uh, um, ask to the chat. What mindset are you looking for this week from your team? Because last week to me, I think you saw more of a let's allow Justin Fields some room to pass the ball. Let's put it down the field a little more. Let's have him drop back a little more. We know that he's that, that this offensive line is struggling with pass pro, but we want to see Justin throw it. I feel like last week was more of a development week. But going into a divisional week, do you want the mindset to be development Or do you want the mindset to be do what can win you the game? Because when you look at that Vikings defense, they play back. They play a lot of guys. uh, uh, They play a very bend but don't break style of defense. They kind of try and create that bubble so that you don't get anything over the top. Probably not going to see that big gain from Darnell Mooney unless there's a busted coverage there, right? And then on top of that, they give up the run. They give up the run. So do you want to see this coaching staff come in there with a do what we got to do to win or do what we got to do to develop Justin against a defense that he's going to see for a long time, right? Because here's the thing at the end of it, winning doesn't develop Justin because what your offensive line does the best and is one of the best in the NFL at is run blocking. 
what your offensive line does the best, or I'm sorry, what your, what your running backs do the best and what they're some of the best at is running the ball. So you're looking at a game where, yeah, it takes Justin Fields completely out of that game, but you can win it. The, the way for the Chicago Bears to win this game is not on Justin Fields' arm. The Vikings have given up the run every week. Massively. The Vikings have given up the run. That's a time where the Bears can attack. And on top of that, right, you can drop. They, they, they don't blitz a lot. I think they blitz on like 18% of their plays. You know what I'm saying? I think they're blitzing on 18% of their plays. So that means that there's going to be opportunity for you to run the football. There's going to be opportunity for you to move the ball down the field, short gains, different things like that, behind the behind the uh, uh, um, line, screen passes, stuff like that. You know what I mean? But it, it comes down to what is going to be best. And here's the thing. A part of development is winning. I know there's a lot of people out here that say, hey, um, there's a... Wins don't mean I see I see it in the chat raging talking about it a little bit. Steve O talking about he could care less about wins. Wins don't matter right now because it's hurting your draft capital. It's hurting where you are draft wise, right? But a part of developing is seeing wins come in. Like teams don't just like teams usually don't just all of a sudden say, Hey, we're gonna start winning. You know what? We're we we figured it out. We're gonna start winning. Right? Like teams generally don't do that. Usually there is a part of a team, even last year, right? Miami was playing a little bit better this season. Unfortunately, right? Tua goes down. Doubt think he's going to be out for a little while. But I mean, Miami, even last season, started winning a little bit. Did it hurt your draft stock? Yeah, it did. But you had money to spend. You could go out and get guys that you wanted. You can go get a Tyreek Hill. So I like the idea that people come in with where they just say, hey, don't win. Keep losing. But I want to see development. Developing means winning. Right? Like developing means that that your team is in a position to win the game week in and week out. So something to think about, man. I mean, it, it's really about what you kind of want to see because at the end of the day, winning does not equal Justin Fields dropping back 15 or, or 25, 30 times and putting the ball in the air right now. Because Not because of Justin Fields, but because it's not what your offensive line is built to do. Not because of Justin Fields, but because it's not what your team is built to do. Shout out to you guys in the comments, man. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us as well. Hit that like button if you haven't done so. Let's talk to some of the commenters before we go to the last segment where we're going to be talk or uh, looking in on Coach Hightower and what he's got to say, man. Hey, uh, good question. That's a great question. That's a good question. Let's let's go to Coach T. Coach T says, uh, what do we got? Our fan base isn't patient enough with Justin for us to lose. If we lose and he develops, they'll still say he's bad. That's not that's not entirely wrong. 
<laughs> it's not entirely wrong. Like he, he's kind of right there. Uh, Raging saying worst mediocrity is mid round drafting every year. If you're behind on talent, you have to make up for it somewhere. And all that money in the world is not going to have a top one, a tier one free agent pick your team to sign with. I agree with you, Raging. But here's the thing, right? You can find good talent mid round. Let's let's not act like we can't. Right. Like you can find really good talent mid round. You can find really good, really good talent mid fifth round. I think we found really good talent with Braxton Jones at left tackle. He's a fifth round pick. I love that everybody when the offensive line and if you look at Braxton Jones on tape, it's like, yeah, he's developing. He's a young guy. He's got some ups and downs, but he looks like he can play football. But the one thing they want to say, you gave him a fifth round left tackle where well, the left tackle isn't the issue. The left guard that keeps allowing guys to get blown past them because Lucas Patrick has never played that position before. He's the or has never played that position on the Bears this season. He's the guy that's given up all the sacks uh, because uh, Sam Mustafer basically falls down at his shadow after he snaps the ball. Right. Like he's the guy that's given up the sacks. And so to me, right, like. While I do agree that, yeah, you're not getting the best talent in the draft, maybe, but you never know if you can find great talent later in the draft, you, you feel better about it. But your top free agents aren't going to come if you're not winning. No one, no top free agent is going to say, yeah, I really want to go to that team that won three games last year. No top free agent is going to say, hey, Bears, you guys sucked last year. I really want to go there, right? But if you're 9 and 8, 7 and 9, or 7 and 10, something like that, right? They might look at the team and say, hey, listen, I like it. I like where we're at. I think you're moving in the right direction. Steve O says, run the ball, keep them alive. Absolutely. You do got to do that too. Um, Baki says pff has us drafting bryce young my issue is they're having problems developing fields what makes pff think they succeeded developing bryce young um baki i don't know how to tell you this um pff be wrong a lot <laughs> pff be wrong a lot pff is the is the same guy that uh or is the is the same group of guys that said that justin was a hundred percent protected last week or two weeks ago Right, but like our eyes can tell us that he wasn't, but he was 100% protected last week. It's Justin Fields' fault, right? Like they 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 use their numbers to, and and sometimes their numbers are good, but I always say back your eyes up with it. <laughs> so PFF saying we're drafting Bryce Young next year, why? Why would we do that? Because the same issues are there where we could draft an offensive lineman maybe to protect the guy that's here. Or even if the guy that's here doesn't work out, we still have an offensive lineman. Uh, Matt Nagy in the chat. I'm sorry, Matt Eberflus in the chat saying, I specialize in late round guys. Shout out to coach. Hey, coach, figure out the team. Um, Ichi Ichito? Uh, says, ain't gonna lie, feels like the higher-ups are trying to tank for a better pick. No way Mustafer should be starting when you could put Patrick at center and still have Schofield and Reefer. I'm not gonna lie to you. I haven't bought into this, but I'll tell you what kind of makes me start, is kind of starting to make me feel like, not that they're on the tank, but they're not willing to put the best talent on the field because they might be making trades with some of that talent. Why is Sam Mustafer still on the team? 
I'm not looking over my shoulder for Olin Krutz anymore. Why is Sam Mustafer still on the team? He's a bad football player. He's bad at his job. He's consistently been bad at his job. There hasn't been a time where he's been good at his job. I don't know if they're trying to tank. But there's no way you look at Sam Mustafer, even in the situation that he's been in, and say he's our best option out there. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I do hope that Lucas Patrick does get the start this week. We'll see kind of what that's going to be. We've seen Lucas Patrick kind of be a uh, moved around. He's been put over Tevin Jenkins a couple of times, which I don't like there. But, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, Let's go out to Coach Hightower, finish it out, listening up to what Coach Hightower has to say. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Uh, We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel to talk Chicago Bears, how Bears talk. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. Um... What do we got, like 50-something people in here? So, yeah, everybody hit that like button right now. Give it a second. And let's go. I give, I give five seconds. Hit the like button. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, you win my respect. Let's go to Coach Hightower. So the end of the game with Bayless is I guess how did you look at the whole day with that, obviously, uh, playing the game? Yeah. No, I appreciate the question. Appreciate you saying that. Uh, I credit the the men in the locker room. They really did have a good game uh, up until that play. Like uh, we, like you said, um, I thought Trent Gill punted the ball outstanding. I thought Blackwell played uh, phenomenal. Um, I thought the coverage units did a nice job uh, pinning both on punt and on kickoff. Uh, the one play we talked about uh, with Valus. I looked at the play before that, and he had an outstanding punt return before that. Um, Drop Josh your over-under right now on how many great questions we get from Coach Hightower. How many great questions we going to get? Uh, and I think Vader took a great took advantage of that. I, I mean, that was like a 19, 20-yard punt return. So that was outstanding, and we just need him to do it again. But he's excited. You know, he's got that look in his eye this week. So I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see him see him play. With Valison, you just you throw him right back out there, punts and kicks, no hesitation. Yeah, I haven't lost any confidence in Valus. I'm glad no one ever gave up on me the first, you know, mistake I made. So and that's how guys get better. Like you got to give them chances, you got to give them opportunities. Uh, and he's a special player, and uh, nobody feels worse about that play than Valus does. So, um, yeah, he's right back out there, ready to go. <laughs> From start to finish and, and making that play. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, in, a, in a vice. What we call a vice is two guys on one uh, blocking him. Um, he was um, <clears throat> releasing there, and uh, he did a good job using his speed and using his hands, and he got the guys to overplay uh, and came underneath it, and he hit the ball carrier with really good physicality uh, and dislodged the ball and then was able – to recover it, but him just using his speed there and uh, using the techniques that we teach him uh, in practice and Coach Polk teaches him and we all try to teach him. Uh, he did a good job 
carrying the drill to the field, and that's what we want to see with all our players is uh, them taking the drills to the field and just keep progressing. That's what we're looking for. Did you know much about Josh before you guys claimed him off waivers? I mean, considering he's a rookie and wasn't here in the, in the summer and uh, training camp, like at what point did you realize, hey, this guy can be pretty helpful? For um, probably uh, as soon as uh, Ian and uh, Curtis, um, I mean, it's not Curtis, excuse me, Charles Love, as soon as they, you know, give us the tape and said, hey, watch this guy, um, he's a pretty good – we think he's a pretty good player, see if he can fit into the scheme. So the personnel people did a phenomenal job. They get the credit first because we don't have the time to scout players and we're doing scheme, we're doing stuff like that. So they recognize the talent, and then we just talk together, and and uh, and then it's pretty evident to see that some tools were there. And then he accredits to Josh. He just took the coaching – uh, that he's getting along with the stuff that he already knew and his God-given ability, and he's been making some plays. So we just want that to continue. Uh, go ahead. Um, can you put into context how difficult what Michael Badgley came in here to do, like just on moments on a day? Did he have any practice time with the punter and, and long snapper at all? Like, And for him to come in and go four for four, can you just kind of give us like an idea how difficult that is on short notice? Yes, yeah, it's, it's extremely hard to kick and go four for four. That's a great question, Courtney. It's a, it's so difficult because it's difficult to do with your own guys to go Wait four for four in that swirling wind. Uh, and he, his first time Not kicking with the guys, was actually that's a great on the question. field. Obviously, when he was in here, uh, Ryan and his staff did a great job of being prepared for that moment, uh, making sure we had someone in here. Obviously, uh, his familiarity uh, with Flus. I also had an opportunity to see Michael work because we did joint practices. Uh, so I've worked with him or against him as well. And he came and worked out at the last place I was at a, a time or two. So just him having a familiarity with everyone and then us, uh, you know, just sitting down with him, going through all the holes, the leans, scales, he was outstanding. Uh, he adjusted some things with, along with Trent so that Michael could feel comfortable. And then I'm so happy for him that now he has an opportunity to kick again. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, if he came through here, you know, we still want him to be successful. Uh, but it's, it's very hard, and he did an outstanding job. And, I mean, I can't say enough good things about, about Michael. And he got a chance to kick at home. I mean, how cool is that in front of his family, you know, for, to get signed to any team? And if it happened that way, I mean – I'm happy for him. All the same necessarily. And sure. Long term message that you gave to, to Vales thereafter. Yeah, so he's just gotta he's gotta beat the ball to the spot. And he's gotta if you take a look at that play, he caught the ball outside the framework of his body. So he kinda caught the ball here. You try to get to the spot and get the ball centered if you can and get your thumbs up pinkies together, elbows together, and then try to try to catch it this way so that you have, if it does shoot, you can get it and, and your elbows can serve as a brace uh, for the ball. But he never really got a chance to get under it, and it kind of died on him at the end. So at that point, you know, you're just trying to catch it at all costs if you can. But if he if he could get there, get underneath it, get square, um, I think he'd have a better chance at catching that ball. How 
but great question. How important is confidence to a returner? <laughs> and do anything to help build that the back The ending great question. Team, they sneaky, bro. Accomplishing good things. Yeah, I think when we talking about V12, Valus, he is so confident, super confident. So that, I mean, he was already talking about the next opportunity uh, that he was going to get after that happened. Obviously, he didn't feel uh, great about that, but uh, he's a confident person, and we got all the confidence in the world in him, and I can't wait to see him return again. So would you, uh, we'll, we'll go back to the point for a second. Yep. Because he was running for it and wasn't able to get under well, it just depends. You know, you want them. You want them. If you let that ball go and it bounces and then it rolls twenty yards, you know, you want to catch them all if you can. You know, coach. Coach, your point is to get to all of them if you can. If you can't, then you have to make a poison call to get your blockers away from it so that they don't get hit and it becomes a live ball. So um, he was he was in a position where he almost got there. Yeah. Same. That's the beauty of what he does. <laughs> it's a very hard job. <laughs> Punted uh, at the end there to try to get the ball back um, and pinned him down there. Was that just kind of a fortunate roll and a bounce, or was that uh, was Trent trying to do that on purpose? Yeah, well, we were always trying to pin him inside the you know ten when we can. That when he got a, an outstanding roll and got it down at the three yard line. So I thought we played that situation as good as we can play it and. Uh, Really, that's what you do. You play that situation like that, and then hopefully uh, it pays you back on the back end, and it didn't, unfortunately, in that situation. But I thought that was outstanding the way we played that situation. Coach Hightower. I think he went under on the uh, good questions on that. He snuck a couple of them in on us. What did he end up with? Somebody get the final tally. I thought I counted five, I thought, but he snuck a couple late ones in on us, you know, snuck them in mid-answer. So uh, I might have missed a couple as well. But, uh, no, I, I think, I think right, uh, you hear him talking about Valus Jones. Um, I, I wasn't I, – I, I wasn't um, overly concerned – at the end of the day, was that play big? Did it suck that he didn't come away with that? 100%, right? But Bayless has been returning punts, returning kickoffs, things like that. I think that's the part of his game that I know he can do, right? Like, he had a bad moment, first play, rookie year, is what it is. But that's the part of his game that I'm confident in. That's the part of his game that I know that, okay, listen, uh, this guy's going to be able to play football. This guy's going to be able to bring the ball in, take off. The one part that I question, and I, I like how kind of Coach T said it, right? Like he talked about, um, or, or what he said in the comments there. You, you got to get this guy touches. I, I don't think you drafted this guy fifth round, especially when there were still wide receivers on the board that you could draft for him not to be a weapon. For him not to be something that you're going to use on your team in play action or in uh, bubble screens or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just don't think that he's going to be that for the rest of his career. So you got to get him touches. You got to get him used to feeling the ball. He's been out for how many weeks? What, four or five weeks? And I'm not saying replace him in the slot, right? I'm not saying, you know, you throw him out there right away. Although, listen, the guys that are out there aren't doing a great job already. But I just I just look at his game and I'm like, and, and even when you watch him, right, he's just out there basically doing nothing until part returns or kickoffs. 
you got to get him involved in the game. I think that that's the biggest thing for uh, uh, a young rookie. Absolutely. And well, well, a rookie. I don't know if I can say a young rookie. And I, I think here's the thing, right? Use the speed to your advantage. Use his speed. Like, you don't have that guy. We do have speed guys on this team. But the question is, do you have that guy that really can take the top off? We haven't seen that. I don't know what's going on with Byron Pringle. He's supposed to be fast. We haven't seen that from him. We haven't seen anything from... Uh, now, EQ has got a little bit of separation. But, I mean, like, listen, at this point, there's. it's not like there's a receiver that's above him that you have to have on the field that is keeping him from getting an opportunity. I would have loved to see Getsy go with him early on, even if you just use him on a little jet sweep action just to get, get the feel of the ball in his hand right. But, I mean, I'm not worried about him on special teams at all. That's what he did in college. That's what he was best at. He was able to return kicks. And we saw him, right? The ball got his hand a couple of times. I think he had a 20-yard return on one of those plays or something like that, right? Like, he, he can return the kick. The question mark is going to be, okay, is he going to be able to add something to this offense is he going to be able to add something to what's happening with justin fields right you brought him in here i'm assuming you used a fifth round or a, a, what a fourth round pick on him was he fourth or third no he was third he was a third round pick on him i'm assuming that you want him to be a wide receiver on this team and not just a kick returner so let's see what he's able to do. And listen, another week of work. Hopefully you will be able to see that. Hopefully we'll see a little bit of Nikhil Harry coming in here as well. I don't know if he'll play this week. We did see that he was on the practice field today. Uh, so that's a good sign for him. Just don't know if he'll make the active roster. Um, and then, right, like a couple of, let me, let me pull up the injury report before we get out of here. Uh, a couple of things from the Bears that... We saw David Montgomery, I believe, had uh, uh, practiced limited today. And usually when Monty's a limited kind of player, um, he's he's somebody that ends up being a full on like he goes, you know, usually when you see Monty limited, he's like, all right, I'm gonna get back on the field. Um, Justin Jones was limited today. He, he, um, had a hip issue. So he did not practice Monday. Uh, did not practice, or I'm sorry. He did not practice Tuesday. He did not practice Wednesday. He was limited today. We'll see how much he goes tomorrow. Jalen Jones was a full go today, which is really good to see. Um, Jalen Johnson, did not practice today, so we're kind of still in that same situation with Jalen Johnson. He's dealing with the quad. Uh, Ryan Griffin was limited today. Cruxshank did not practice today. Matt Adams was a full go today, so a little bit more linebacker depth for you as well. Uh, Sterling Weatherford did not go today. So you still got some injury issues there, but I, I think the thing is, right, like you're trying to figure out with what's happening on the field. And Jalen Johnson is your biggest issue, right? Jalen Johnson's the biggest one out of that list that's not going. You're trying to figure out with what's happening on the field, how can I make this work? How can I make this play? How can I how can I attack here? How can I attack consistently? Because here's the thing. If you the the problem isn't Jefferson. Jefferson, Justin Jefferson's gonna be great this Sunday. He's gonna beat Kyler Gordon. He's beating top DBs that are standing across from him. He's definitely going to beat Kyler Gordon. The question is, can you make Kirk Cousins make a mistake? That's the biggest question from this Bears defense. Can you make Kirk Cousins make mistakes and can you capitalize on them? Because there's two things I know. Justin Jefferson's really good. Delvin Cook's going to be dominant.
So I don't know how this defense is going to end up slowing down Delvin Cook because they haven't contained the edge as well. They've struggled up the middle with the running game um, unless they're like blitzing, basically sending seven or eight. But outside of that, it's going to be an interesting week. Uh, I don't have the Bears winning this game, especially with some of the injuries you've seen. Um, I think there's a recipe for the Bears to win this game, but I don't know if they follow that recipe. Um, but I have the Bears taking the L in this one. I don't have us getting blown out per se. I'd say 24-17 because here's the thing, right? Last week actually has been the anomaly this season. Last week where we were unable to get into the end zone actually has been a little bit of the anomaly this season. We've gotten into the end zone this year. I expect that to continue, especially with how much uh, with the run game they, the Bears give up. So I got us losing 24-17. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully uh, the Bears take the win 24 to 17. That's a dominant defensive game. Uh, we have three turnovers on Kirk Cousins alone, and he's just not able to make a play for you. Um, hopefully we see more from Bayless Jones and all of that. But I mean, at, at, you, you're going to have games like this, right? That's what this season is. It's about week by week evaluation. The big evaluation coming into this week is can you build on what we saw last week? You saw Justin throwing the football. Saw him throwing the football better. You saw him getting the ball to Darnell Mooney. You saw him being a little bit more confident. Maybe not a ton more confident. I don't know where Luke Getze says that he doesn't feel like he's had a bad month, but I just, I, I don't see a, a, I don't see a scenario where it's going to be a huge uptick to the point where the Bears are the more dominant team in this game. It would more so be the Vikings making mistakes. So, and it, that's just a deficiency in talent. Guess what? That's going to be a lot of a lot of times this season. So, we'll see what it ends up being, man. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with your boy. As always, hit that like button, subscribe to the page if you're listening on the on listening on the podcast side. Give a five star review. I do appreciate the love. Um, as always, it's your boy Pat the Designer back at it again. I I will have content dropping tomorrow for you as well. So stay tuned on that. And uh, I think that's think that's pretty much it, man. Uh, Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. To continue watching our Bears content, make sure you're checking out the content on the page. Also, we got Bulls content up on the page as well. So if you're rocking with both teams, go check that out as well. Y'all stay Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.